My name is Logan Dixon, and this is the Monday Morning Megaphone. Hey guys, welcome to the Monday Morning Megaphone. I'm here doing another podcast, Um, and I'm going to be talking about, you know, a a recent article that was published on churchleaders.com. But I wanted to show you something first. I got this in the mail today. This is a pretty... This is a pretty good Bible. This is a really good Bible. Uh, this has been what I've been looking for for a, a while. This is a genuine leather, new Oxford annotated Bible. Uh, this is the third edition, and this is like the this is like the old uh, revised standard version that they initially came out with in the fifties. Uh, this was before the uh, new revised standard version, and uh, I just recently got this uh, from eBay. I got it for like 45 bucks from eBay. Uh, I think they initially wanted like over 50 for it, and I was able to haggle them down just a little bit. Um, and so I got this in the mail today, and I've, I've been really digging it. And it's genuine leather, uh, so it's going to last me a while. Um, I will say that with with the, the margin space, I'm not impressed with. Like, uh, you can't hardly tell, but there's like very minimum margin space there. Um, not, not like I thought there would be, but I really enjoy it. I, I really like the revised standard Bible as a, I really like the revised standard version as a translation. And I really appreciate that it has the Apocrypha in it, even though I'm, I'm not, even though I'm not someone that views the Apocrypha as canon, I really appreciate having it in there for, for the, for the sake of reference. And this is going to be, this is going to be my main Bible for a while. Or one of my main Bibles. I ordered a, um, I ordered a smaller, almost thin line. I guess you would call it a thin line. I ordered a smaller, thin line Revised Standard Version Bible, and I'm going to be taking that one with me on the go. Like it, it fits perfectly. I, I think according to the dimensions I saw that it'll fit perfectly in my little pad folio that I've got. But that went along with what I've got to talk about today. Um. A couple days ago, I saw that uh, Ed Stetzer had shared an article. Uh, now, I'm not going to say anything about Ed Stetzer, just in case you're wanting me to badmouth him. I'm not. I'm, I refuse to. I like Ed Stetzer too much. Um, I just saw that he shared this article from Church Leaders. Uh, and the article was uh, a review of something that a, a pastor had said on Twitter you know, because that's the place for proper theological discussion about whether or not we should, you know, take sides in the paper Bible versus Bible app debate. Kind of. I'll I'll show you the article and I'll we'll we'll look at the article and I'll show you what I mean. So I copy pasted the article from church leaders because I didn't want to have to deal with, you know, all the ads and stuff. But this is written by Jessica Lee. Uh, is reading a paper Bible better than reading the Bible on a device such as an iPhone? An offhand comment by a pastor last week has generated some discussion around this topic, with another pastor explaining why he believes the remark, though well-intentioned, was unwise. I just haven't arrived in the present age, said Harry Reader, pastor of Briarwood Presbyterian Church in Birmingham, Alabama, at the 2022 National Conference of Ligonier Ministries. Uh, 
reading my Bible on an iPhone is like kissing my wife through a screen door. That's quite that's quite humorous. Um, Reader made his comment as he asked the audience to turn to Genesis 1 during a talk he gave called Gender and Sexuality. The audience laughed in response, and a few people tweeted or retweeted the quip. Others, however, disagreed with the remark and even had concerns about it. Mm. They had concerns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Meister, pastor of Emanuel Baptist Church in Sacramento, California, took the time to explain why he believes Reader's comment was unhelpful. Before he got into his reasons, Meister noted, I've said plenty of unwise things while preaching, so I mean no harsh judgment, and I used to amen remarks just like that. Ah, see, I don't like the tone of this already. Because generally when someone wants to tell you how wrong they are, they try to soften the blow a little bit by coming in saying, you know, I was just like you once. I was, I was unenlightened just like you are. So I, I understand where you're coming from because I wasn't. Because at one time I, I was not as smart as I am now. And so Meister, he said, I've said plenty of unwise things while preaching, so I mean no harsh judgment, and I used to amen remarks just like that. Meister even acknowledged that digital versions of the Bible have their problems, saying digital media can form us to think of Scripture in a cavalier way as just another app. Meister added that paper Bibles have less distractions, and it's proven that our comprehension and recall of what we read in paper books is better. Okay, then why is he even bothering to comment on it? Like, if he understands the heart of the situation, if he understands where Reader's coming from, why doesn't he just leave the thing alone? Let's keep reading. At the same time, said Meister, I have blind friends for whom the technology to have the Bible read by a device is a real blessing. I have church members with very poor eyesight, so the ability to adjust font size or lighting is a really wonderful mercy. Meister's thread continues... There are young moms whose husbands are police officers or firemen, and they have to juggle multiple young kids in church. I'm so glad they're aided in the difficulty of just getting to worship by the ability to carry Scripture without having to add something else to carry. The pastor also pointed out that the Bible being compiled into one book was a technological development in its own time, and quite a controversial one at that. And reading a paper Bible does not mean that people cannot misuse it say, by neglecting to read it in community with others. With factors like these, said Meister, I'd encourage my fellow preachers to avoid the kind of quip circulating. You may bruise sheep who are already burdened by life and grateful for the mercy of available technology, and you may even be adding comments, adding commands that have no biblical warrant. Before I continue with the rest of the article... Can I just, just based on what I read of Reader's Comment, I didn't go back and watch the sermon. I probably will. I probably should have. But just based on what I read of Reader's Comment, it was a passing joke. It was a joke that he said in passing. Like he did not mean, I guarantee you, the man did not mean any harm by it. And he... And, and, I, and the way he said it, to me, just did not come off as any kind of command. 
it did not come off as any kind of biblical warrant. There is no way, no way that I would read that or hear that and think that Harry Reader would think that it was ungodly to use a Bible app. He's just a man of his time. Honestly, he's just a man of his time. And it's funny. Just laugh at it and move on. Why, why can't you just... Why can't you just go, huh, that's, that's funny, and go on? Or if you don't think it's funny, why can't you just keep scrolling? Why, why even bother to comment on this? It's... it's People irritate me, man. People, people like people like this guy irritate me because they feel like they feel like they're having to guard someone. They feel like they they feel like they have to guard people so tightly. You know, I can see if Harry Reader got up in the pulpit and was like, you know, you better not be using that Bible app. You better be using a paper Bible. And and I've heard preachers do that. I've heard preachers do that, uh, but they're not you know, guys like Harry Reader, they're the guys I've heard do that are like King James Bonius fundamentalists. You know, they're people that they're people that in two thousand six said Facebook was the devil and then in twenty twenty they were on there uh making videos about making videos, you know, trying to keep their church together through COVID. All of a sudden Facebook wasn't the devil anymore. So, you know, I just, I can't stand it when people do stuff like this. I honestly can't stand it. So, Steve Meister gets on Twitter, and, you know, you, on Twitter you've got 280, you've got a 280 character limit. And so, Twitter, the way it's designed, is it's designed to be more focused on quick ideas. It's designed to be focused on just quick passing thoughts that you can concisely put in order. And now they've got features that will allow you to make like multiple to multiple posts. They've got features that will make you allow you to, to uh, make multiple threads for like a longer post. But that's not really what Twitter's designed for. It's it's designed for you to see a thought, keep scrolling see a picture, keep scrolling, see a video, keep scrolling. It's not designed for in-depth conversation. That's part of my issue here, is that the cool thing to do is get on Twitter and make some kind of fire remark and make all your followers happy. That way you get that instant gratification, right? It makes happy signals go off in your brain whenever you get the likes and the retweets and the follows. And uh, it's just, it's ridiculous. So Meister gets on Twitter and he, he tries to make this, he, he, it's virtue signaling. I just, I just, I just, you know, thought of that phrase. I didn't, you know, I didn't originate. I didn't come up with it on my own. I just, you know, that phrase just came to my mind, virtue signaling. That's what he's doing. He's virtue signaling here. He's virtue signaling because he wants to be the savior of all these people who have, who use their apps because it's more convenient. And here's the thing. I'm not opposed to using apps. Like, let me be clear on that. 
I'm not opposed to using Bible apps. I was using one today. I use them every day. I was at I was at lunch today. It was just me. I was at a diner, and I had my physical Bible with me. But I was reading a passage, and I thought, hmm, I want to look at that in, in some other translations. And so you know what I did? I pulled out my phone, and I looked at it in five or six different translations. And that and it's a blessing to be able to do that. And so Harry Reader is not condemning the practice of using apps. He's just saying it's not for him. He's just He's just saying it's not for him. And so what happens is whenever he makes a comment like that, Someone like Steve Meister's got to go on there and say, well, you know, you're, you're invalidating the experience. And I know Meister didn't use that phrase, but that's basically what his post is saying. You're invalidating the experience of these other people who use Bible apps. And so what Meister's doing is he's actually invalidating Harry Reader's experience when he makes his post on Twitter. And so... The, the worst thing in the world that anyone can do nowadays is try is invalidate someone else's experience. Like, that's the worst thing in the world you can do. It's a sin to do that nowadays. And so Meister gets on here and feels that he's got to go ahead and he's got to defend the experience of these people who get a blessing out of using their Bible apps. And... I don't know. I guess he. I guess he just feels like he's got to be a savior of some kind, so people don't get the wrong idea. Let me tell you something. Harry Reader's been in this thing a long time. I don't know how long he's been in ministry, but I know he's been in ministry a long time. You know, I don't think he would say something like that and not consider the consequences of it. So let me go ahead and finish the article. When church leaders reached out to Pastor Reader for comment, he responded with the following statement, clarifying that it is a response to Meister's critique, but not the reason for his original comment, which he made in passing. There is no doubt that access to the Bible and other books through technological devices such as iPhones, iPads, etc. is a blessing and asset. But it is equally true such devices are reductionistic to the learning event. While celebrating the benefits of technology, studies have proved repeatedly that the use of various technological devices can be counterproductive to the learning moment. This is why many institutions will not allow computers and iPhones in the classroom. The learning moment is an audio, visual, and tactile event. In other words, there was a reason your third grade teacher, when you asked what a word meant, told you to, quote-unquote, look it up. He, she knew that viewing, listening, and handling the learning moment would add to comprehension and retention. So while I'm grateful for technology and its communicative devices, it clearly is pedagogically inferior to the full visual audio and tactile learning experience. So praise the Lord for technology and its benefits and praise the Lord for full contact learning. And of course, the author of the article closes it out, you know, trying to get you to think about it. You know, what do you think? Well, let me tell you what I think. I'm telling you what I think right now. Do you find that reading the Bible on a device helps you spend time in God's Word or hinders you from doing, doing so? How, how are your local church leaders leading you in this area? 
So like, here's the thing. Again, I don't have a problem with people using Bible apps. What I have a problem with is, well, really what I have a problem with is people reading too much into what Harry Reader said. I think that's my biggest issue here. I think it just irritates me to, I, I think it just irritates the, irritates the daylights out of me that you got someone like Harry Reader who's been in ministry for years. Years. And he just makes a passing comment about how, you know, it's using a Bible app just not for him. And then this young guy has got to come along and I guess see it as a moment to make himself famous on Twitter or something. Because now, because now he's got, you know, his comment got picked up by church leaders. I just don't see an issue here. And what we do is we make we make this mistake of reading into people, reading into what people says so much without just taking the time to stop and ask questions. I think this is what bothers me about a lot of debates that we have now whether it's online, even in person, informal debates, uh, there are very few times where we will stop and ask a person why when we disagree with what they say. We just assume we already know the answer, and we cannot do that. We cannot do that. It, it's why I think that's part of why we have so much unneeded division. You know, there there is there's a need for division at times when it comes to objective truth, when it comes to objective Christian doctrine, there is a need to divide over certain issues. But then there are other times where we divide over issues because we think we know what's at stake. We think we know what's really going on, and we don't take the time to simply ask, what do you mean by that? Where are you getting your information? Why do you think that way? And not ask in an accusatory manner, but ask with an open and willing mind. And so, honestly, here's what I think should have happened. I think this pastor should have left it alone. Because I think anybody with half a brain can read or hear what Harry Reader said and understand that he's not making a critical, dogmatic uh, point of doctrine out of this statement. And at the off chance that this pastor heard Reader's remark and was genuinely concerned, he should have went to Harry Reader and said, Hey, what did you mean by this? I mean, I think, that, I think it's pretty simple. I think it's pretty simple, honestly. But what do I know? I'm just a podcaster with literally only two people watching me. So, uh, guys, if you're watching and you got something to say about it, if you want to weigh in, go ahead and give me a question or comment uh, before I get off here, and I'll I'll see if I can respond to a few of you guys while I got while I got a few minutes. I think I got to go pick my wife up about six or six thirty. Um. And then we're going to spend the evening together. But yeah, this is this is mostly what I wanted to do today. I'm I wanted to respond to this article because I think I think it is just well, I think it's asinine. That's what I think.
Well, guys, if we don't have any questions or comments, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get off here. This has been a short episode, but I do thank you for tuning in. I thank you for watching. Thank you for listening on uh, your preferred podcast platform. And um, guys, uh, you know, give me some subjects. Give me some topics you want me to cover. Tell me what you want me to talk about. Well, tell me what you want me to rant about. And I'll see if I can provide some helpful analysis on any topic or any given subject. Uh, shoot me some people you'd like to see on the podcast. Maybe I can have some interviews. I love doing interviews. I just don't get to do many of them. Um, and so stay tuned. Keep me posted. Uh, interact with me a little bit. I'd love to talk to you. All right. See you later, guys.